everybody welcome to episode 17 where i talk about the five benefits of investing in residential multifamily properties and how to scale your portfolio faster uh, a lot of people think that when it comes to buying multifamily properties it's um, it's very daunting it's intimidating and you have to get have a boatload of cash in order to buy a 10 12 unit building uh, well actually you can uh, instead buy a two to four unit residential property and it still be multifamily. So you don't have to have a lot of money and there are ways around it to be able to still start off small and have good cash flow starting off. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. Start things off, I wanna make sure I'm very clear. So residential multifamily properties are anything from two to four units. Uh, these homes, when you, when you purchase them, you could purchase them pretty much the same way you would a single family home. They are still considered in the same category. Anything from five units up are considered commercial multifamily uh, properties. And that is a whole different ball game. You're going to have to put that 25% down and you're looking at, you know, 80, 90, a hundred thousand plus uh, money down just to get started in that. But good news is you don't have to start that big. You can get your feet wet by starting off with the, two units to four units. So benefit number one that I really like is it's easy to house hack in. So first, let me explain what a house hack is. So house hack is a strategy that involves renting out portions of your primary residence to generate extra income or to offset the cost of the mortgage and other expenses associated with owning a home. So I recommend first time homeowners doing this, right? If you, if you're not too sure, you want to own a home, you're tired of paying rent, but you're not too sure about what type of house that you want, go ahead and buy a duplex. Uh, in, in my market, I can get a duplex for the same price that I could probably get a single family home. It may not be in the same uh, area, may not be the same class and neighborhood, but it's definitely not far, not too far off. So you could, what you could do is you could buy a duplex, let's say for 150 grand. Your mortgage is $800 and you live on one side and then you have to rent out the other. Let's say you got a two bedroom on one side that you live in and a two bedroom on the other. Mortgage is $800. Market says, hey, you could rent out your uh, other unit for $900. So now your mortgage is covered. So now that your mortgage is covered, you got an extra $100. Use that for utility bill. Maybe outside of that, you're just paying for your, you're paying for your water out of pocket and you're paying for you know internet but for the majority of the part of that time you are living there for free it's a great way to for one you save obviously you're saving a lot of money because you're not worried about the nine thousand six hundred dollars you probably would have paid that whole year my math may be a little bit off but it's around that ballpark we'll say around 10 grand that you would have spent anyways in utilities and uh, mortgage so that's more money that now you can save up to do whatever you want to do, you know, do with. Uh, so living for free, I mean, who doesn't like that? So just something to think about when it comes to house hacking. Obviously, if I was you, 
make sure that when you have somebody that's in that other unit, easier to manage. I know this, this is a military town for us. So a lot of times we rent out to other military folk, but the vetting process, pay the extra money for, to pay for a, a background screening an application process. So you can see what this person's background is like. Obviously you don't want nobody with a felony in there, or obviously you don't want nobody with a judgment, which was an eviction. Now I say, this is for somebody that is your first time. I wouldn't want to deal, don't deal with somebody like that because you're trying to get your feet wet. Um, I've allowed somebody with a felony in one of my uh, units. He wrote like a long paper explaining what it was and we gave him a chance and he ended up working out. But I would say starting off, I wouldn't, I would make sure it's just somebody that's very easy. They just looking for a place. They would make uh, three times uh, more than what the rent is and no judgments, nothing going on. I understand COVID is going on. So maybe Right now, you would want to maybe lower the rent just a tad to get somebody in there, but still your standards on what their, uh, what their background is should not change uh, if you're just starting off and you're just trying to get your feet wet. So number two is lower foreclosure rate. So like I said, right, multifamilies are around the same price, uh, price as single families in a lot, of, a lot of areas, including my area. Like I said, different, maybe a little far off from each other, but you can, you know, fair price. So if you did your research and you got the right deal, when it comes to a two to four unit, uh, it should take about half the units to cover the mortgage. So a lot of people go by the 1% rule or 2% rule. 1% uh, rule is if my house costs 150 grand, then that means my rent income needs at least be 1500 in total. So if I have a triplex, each apartment needs to be giving me $500 a month in rent in order for the deal to make sense. That's like the rule of thumb. That should not be your end-all be-all because there are other expenses that may come to play. Maybe there is um, flooding insurance that changes your expenses month to month, which is different than homeowner's insurance. That's another expense. Maybe the water um, bill is a little bit higher in that area than most places. So just keep that in mind, just as a rule of thumb, don't let that be the end all be all, but the 1% rule. I like the 1.5% rule, or if I can, 2% rule. That kind of gives me a cushion for anything that may come about and I still am getting, getting some type of cash flow. So if you have a fourplex and let's say we'll, we'll go, we'll stick with the triplex. So we have a triplex and each Let's say each unit rents out for $500, it gives you a $1,500 and your mortgage is $700. So I know if I at least have at least two of the units paying rent, then out of three, then at least my mortgage is covered. And then a little bit, some is left over. So mortgage is 700, I'm at least making a thousand dollars out of the 1500. Let's say the third unit is not paying their rent for whatever reason, it's COVID. All right, I have a thousand, my mortgage is 700. Okay, I got $300 left over that allows me to pay for maybe my property manager or utility bill or whatever the case may be. And that's the beauty of a multifamily. And that, that is the safeguard on how if you own a multifamily, you're less likely to foreclose on that home or, or get behind on your payments because you are not reliant on everybody paying their rent. You're only reliable maybe on half or two thirds. So it kind of gives you a bit of a cushion so that you can survive through whatever may be going on. Uh, and it allows you to not be in panic mode. So that third unit that either is not paying rent or maybe vacant, now I cannot, I'm not stressing. I can take my time and not look for the first applicant that comes my way 
in order to, you know, to get somebody in there and pay my mortgage. I can vet very uh, thoroughly. I can make sure that that person has everything that they need in order to be a good tenant moving forward and not have to worry about my mortgage being paid for because I already have two other tenants in there. So definitely, I like that better than a single family home. Now, I mean, there's obviously a great, a lot of perks to single family homes, but I know if I have a single family home and I'm renting it out, unless I'm renting out each room and that makes sense, I'm usually looking for a family to move in there. And so if one family is not in there or one person's not in there paying the whole thing, then I don't have any income coming in. So it's kind of a, you know, one, you know, all or nothing. I, I live and die by that. And so, like I said, there's obviously some benefits to single family homes, but that's why I like multifamily because it gives me more of a cushion. And I'm big on insulating my business and always giving myself uh, room for any type of uh, discrepancies or issues that may come in the future. Because think a lot of things are unpredictable. So number three is easier to manage. So wouldn't you rather like to go to one location to have, handle five repairs and go to five different properties to handle five different repairs? So that's the question you kind of got to ask yourself. What, what's your bandwidth? And for me, I like to go to one location and handle three different issues, then go to three different spots in order to handle three different issues. Um, it's more it's more time consuming, right? Especially if you don't have properties all in the same on the same street. If you have uh, one property in one city, one property in the other, and the one in, in another, and they're all 15 miles apart, that's more time out of the day. So go back to the triplex, right? My triplex is making $500 a month per unit, and the roof needs to get fixed. Well, I only got to go to one roof that's going to cover for those three guys. Or if there's a plumbing issue. I only got to go to that house to fix the plumbing issue for everybody. And so that's just something that uh, I like and it's a, a perk. And sometimes what some landlords do, they, they allow some issues to kind of pile up, not detrimental, like, Hey, the ceiling is leaking, but let's just say, Hey, uh, this thing needs, this porch maybe needs to get painted. Let's say this awning probably needs to come down and let's say the grass needs to get cut. So they wait for all three things to probably pile up small things, obviously, and then they go ahead and take care of it all at once. And now you, you have serviced all three tenants all at once. And so let's just say you have three triplexes in three different areas. At least you're taking care of nine different tenants all at the same time. At Well, three, three of them at the same time in three different locations versus nine different tenants in nine different locations. Uh, so again, nothing against single family homes. I look to do, get into them at some point. Uh, if I find a good flip, but when it comes to multifamily, that's a, definitely another perk when it comes to time management. And I like the fact that as well, for a lot of us, we are, we work nine to five. We, a lot of us have jobs. So I don't have the time to drive all the way across town in eight different locations to take care of eight different issues. I like to be able to go to one spot, be able to take care of a bunch of uh, discrepancies. And then I go on back to my family, as I'm sure a lot of you also would as well. Because we, we look for this to be streamlined. We look for this to be passive, not a, a whole nother job. And so that's something to look into. All right, so number four, so build your real estate portfolio faster. So remember when I was talking about in a lot of markets, you can find duplexes or triplexes um, and around the same price as really nice single family homes. And uh, they have similar loan requirements. So here's a quick life hack that I think will help a lot of people a lot of people, they like I said, they believe that they can't get wealthy in real estate without having a boatload of money 
but there are, um, I'm not gonna say loopholes, but there are ways around it to scale faster than saving up the 25% down every single time you want to buy a home, which the 25% down or 20% down is considered a conventional loan, by the way. Uh, so you can use the FHA loan. And so I'll talk about the FHA loan. I use the VA loan too, for uh, us, those of us that are in, entitled to that. So for the FHA loan, you got to put 3.5% down on a residential multifamily home, which again is two to four units. And so what you can do is you like the house hack situation I mentioned earlier, that money that you are saving, that you are saving from not spending on your mortgage, you are, you are saving up once every year, right? So you can use that money to pay your next 3.5% down payment for your next residential multifamily. So I give you an example. So if you find a duplex, right, for 150 grand and 3.5% down is $5,250. So you factor in about $2,000 of closing costs. And so now we're at about $7,250, give or take, right? Uh, so in order, and that's what you need in order to purchase the duplex. So now you will be living in one of the units and you'll be renting out the other. Your mortgage, let's just say your mortgage is $800 and you're able to rent out the other apartment for a 900. And so you save up the whole year and you have about, you know, about 10 grand saved up. Now you have this, that money to buy a similar duplex, which will be fairly easy, whether off market or on market, you know, through the MLS, you can use that money that you saved up for those 12 months, that 10 grand to now probably buy a bigger or more expensive, nicer, newer duplex. And so for the FHA loan, uh, give or take on how long you have to live in your property in order to use another one. Uh, some some places, some states are a year, some is may, maybe two years. So just look at the rules for your state on how long you're allowed to uh, live or have to live in that spot before you have to you can use another FHA loan. But as you can see, right, for those that only have to do it for a year, I can buy my duplex, put my money down, I save up seven grand to buy that house. I live in one for free. I save that money that I usually would have been spending for my mortgage anyways. And then now I buy, let's say I buy a triplex. So now within a year, I have five units. I live in the triplex and I run out the other two units. So I live in one, I'm renting out four others. Let's say I did that another year and then I got a fourplex. So now I'm at nine units in two years. On my third year, two years in at nine units. And so you can keep doing that. Now, for those of us that have families, obviously you have to kind of, you know, it's going to be a, a bit, maybe a bit harder because I understand when it comes to families, if you got a family of five, you got to find a duplex that's got like a three bedroom, two bath. And so you'll probably have to get a home or a duplex that is more expensive than 150 grand. But for those that don't have such a big family or you are single, this is definitely a great opportunity to scale very quickly. So for those of us that have a VA, they use the VA loan, we don't have to put anything down when it comes to the VA loan. There may be some closing costs that may come into play. Obviously, we got to pay like our earn, you know, the uh, the five hundred dollars earnest money to your, your real estate agent or a thousand dollars, and you got to pay for the um, inspection. But outside of that, there's really uh, not that many expenses when it comes to the VA loan. And I know for us, um, only a year, so I would definitely take advantage of that. And for a lot of us, especially for the military, right, we are we PCS, we, we, we travel. So 
I would take advantage of that up after every chance that I get. Uh, now, when I last time I talked to my loan officer, um, he said I was allowed to have about three VA loans open at the same time. So if you run, if you run out of doing the VA loan, you can always refinance your first VA loan home into a, a, a into an investment property so that you can get that VA loan off your back. Uh, and then now you have, you freed up another one. So always look into that. That's kind of, consider that uh, look into that as an exit strategy. Now, when you do refinance your property, keep in mind that when you do refinance it as a, a investment property, it will not be as low as it would have been when you did your initial VA loan uh, that was considered your primary residence. Primary residences and investment properties do not get the same love when it comes to refinance or interest rates. So it's going to be a little bit higher. Obviously, if you have a great credit, it won't be too crazy, but do not expect to get, let's just say your primary uh, loan is 2.5%. Don't expect your investment property to be the same. Maybe it'll be 3%, maybe 2.9, something of that, of that nature. All right. So number five is easy tenant retention. So another awesome thing about multifamily homes is the ability to be able to retain tenants who have growing families. So for example, let's say you have a triplex, one is a studio. So you have a studio, a two bedroom, and you have a three bedroom. And your two bedroom right now is running out by a family of three, husband, wife, and they got one kid and the uh, wife is expecting. And so you know that their lease is coming to an end. Last time, let's just say last time you came over, with the, you know, over for an inspection, uh, you saw that she was, you know, uh, expecting and you could just casually bring up the conversation. Hey, you know, would y'all be interested in, you know, going to a bigger apartment? I have such and such unit that will be available around this time frame, and it'll be at this price. What do you think? Now, obviously, what I would do is I would definitely have that in writing, send a letter as well. But you could also, you know, just bring up that in casual conversation. Uh, so what this does is it shows that you have personal interest in them. You you are taking into consideration that the fact that their family is growing, they're going to need more space. Um, and you are also re, uh, retaining a happy uh, tenant. And especially if they're paying rent on time, why not keep them? And, okay, great. They paid a two-bedroom for $700. They go into three-bedroom. Now they're paying 1000 So now you have transferred a good um, tenant over to a three bedroom. Now, now they're paying more rent. And now if you want to, you can make some upgrades to any, uh, to the two bedroom that you would like, and maybe increase that rent. So one thing also too, and I'll tie this in a little bit with number five is I like the, uh, the easy retention part of the tenant and how you could transfer tenants from one apartment to the other based on whatever their needs are, because once you, they move out of that other one, and let's say that, that lease, let's say you, you inherited that tenant, or you've kind of kept it low for whatever reason. Now you could look and see the things that you've been wanting to change that you couldn't because they were there. And you can do some upgrades, maybe repaint. Like one of my units right now is Pepto-Bismol pink. When I bought the house, that was the color of the house, the inside of the unit. So at a certain point, whenever that tenant moves out, I'll be definitely repainting that apartment and increasing the rent based off of just, I'm painting it white and that changes the value because most people don't want Pepto-Bismol pink. Also can change the toilet now that the tenant is gone. So now I can make it more water efficient as well. So that lowers my utility bill. So I'm increasing my cash flow in, in, in multiple ways. Uh, this, so this is a great opportunity. I can increase the rent because I made some upgrades, I painted, maybe I changed uh, some tiles 
And then I can also make the place more energy efficient. I can change the shower head, a low flow shower head, a low flow faucet, uh, low uh, water needed for the toilet as well. So that's only like $100 from like Home Depot. So I'm lowering my utility bill because I pay the water bill for this for this place. And then I'm also increasing the rent. So that's more money in my pocket both ways. Uh, so definitely look at those opportunities to for both people to win, you and the tenant. And uh, everybody, you know, obviously ends up happy in that situation. Every opportunity, uh, this is why I really like multifamily because there are so many different ways to make your cash flow higher. And it starts with just little things per unit. And so I may not be, I may start off with, in total, the triplex making $1,500 a month. But if I just make small changes to this one unit, okay, that's another 50. All right, small change to another one. Okay, that's another 50. And then small change to the other one. Okay, that's another 50. I just increased my, increased my income by 150 bucks by making changes in three different units. And it's just one, still one building. And also throughout that time as well, it does increase the value of your home. The more income your property brings, the, the more value or the more it's going to be worth. Obviously, you know, the area dictates that as well. But if you're ever trying to build equity or resell your multifamily, how much the rent, uh, your rental income is, and obviously what's inside of it is a big factor. And what I've learned as well, definitely look at, look at ways to save and look at ways to increase. And if you could do it yourself, which if you're the one that's house hacking, why not? You're already living there. So figure out what you could do in YouTube, YouTube it so you could do it yourself. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. So if you plan to scale your real estate portfolio strategically, then you will see that this strategy that I explained and the tips that I, and the benefits that I talked about allows you to do it a bit faster than the average person saving a 25% down payment every time they want to buy a property. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a perk to putting 25% down. Uh, you have more equity in the uh, property or you have, there's a wider margin between what the home is worth and the balance. So you do have more equity. So that, that, that can be a plus, uh, you know, when it comes to the VA loan or even the, the FHA loan, there is a smaller gap between the, what the balance on the property and the mortgage. So let's just say if it is a bad year, then you could be upside down. But like I said, you have to do your research. The numbers have to make sense. And obviously the rental income has to make sense as well for your 1% rule or your 2% rule. Well, I, I like to say 1.5. Because in my experience, my personal experience, and just as a disclaimer, you know, I'm not a professional. This is this everything has been just from my own experience. Uh, it's been easier, and I've been able to come across better uh, 1.5% rule uh, properties vice the 2% rule. Um, I've come very close to one of my properties is like 1.85%, uh, but on average, I've seen 1.5. 1% in my area is a little too tight. Uh, over time, I could probably make it a good deal, but 1% rule is too tight. 
definitely too tight, especially in some areas where I live, where you have the um, the flooding flooding insurance, which is basically another hundred dollars on top of the insurance that you, the homeowners insurance and the um, interest that you pay and the regular mortgage. So it's just I don't consider you know it worth it. Also, kind of another good thing about twenty five percent down is you don't have to pay the um, PMI or the the insurance that they add the the mortgage company or the loan uh, company that you went through. They add, that's an extra insurance they add when you don't put enough skin in the game uh, that protects them. So I don't want people to also think that as well. Like, you know, real estate is a get rich quick scheme. What I just said over a span of two years on your third year, you know, best case scenario, if you did, like I said, the duplex, the triplex, and then you do the quadruplex, it will put you at nine units within your third year. Let's say you average a cash flow of $200, which by the way, is a good, you want to average about $100 to $200 per unit. So let's just say you average $100 per unit, which would be on the lower end. Okay, now you have nine units. It puts you at $900 a month. If you do the 200, which is what about I average, I average about 250 per unit. So let's just say you did 200, 200 times nine. Now you're averaging $1,800 a month. And passive income. And this is when I say $200 a month, this is like after you're paying a property manager, after you put money aside once a month for a vacancy, you put money aside for repairs, and you put money aside for CapEx. CapEx is big repairs. So you got repairs, which is like, hey, the toilet broke. And you have CapEx, which you put which is money you put aside for the roof or the foundation uh, you know, needing to be repaired. So this is after you put all that money aside and you're paying all your utilities or, or any other expenses that you need to pay, you still have $200 left. So within three years, I'll do the math real quick. So with on your third year, let's say you get to nine units, you're making $200 per unit, 200 times nine, $1,800 a month, 1,800 times 12 is $2,600 $21, in passive income. That is $21,000 that you are making that you don't have to be on site for every once in a blue moon. You decide how passive you want to be. You know, if you're that intrusive or very engaged landlord, then you could be up showing up on your properties a lot. But if you have a property manager, obviously it would, it would behoove you to show up every once in a while uh, to check on your properties, but you're making 21 grand a month. You're not really doing much. You still have your regular job and everything that I told you to do was you house hacking and you use an FHA or the VA loan every year, or like I said, based on whatever state that you're in, that determines how long you need to stay in there. So maybe that might spread it out to maybe five years, you know, at a max five years in, but even still, you're making $21,000 more than what you did five years ago. And you're not putting in as much time as you need to. So like I said, it's not get rich quick, it could definitely scale up faster. And so after this, once you get to your nine units and you have some equity in your homes, you could do a couple of things. You could sell five of the units and, and plus up to that commercial multifamily real estate that I was talking about and now get your 10 units. You trade up five to get maybe eight. That's more realistic. And so now you have that, that big unit, that big property, or you could use the equity out of the properties that you own to now start investing in other properties and you no longer have to house hack. Cause let's be honest, maybe around this time, you probably have a family 
and you know your spouse ain't gonna be trying to house hack all the time they maybe just want a single family home got their own yard you live on your own and you gotta worry about nothing else so now what you do is you just use the equity in your other homes and so if you did like what i said where you are finding different ways to in, uh, increase the value of your home when tenants uh, leave which what is called tenant turnover maybe repaint maybe add some energy efficient products in there uh, maybe put down some vinyl instead of the carpet hardwood floor whatever is worth based off the area where you're in please keep in mind be uh be a cosmic of where you're at so if you are in a c-class neighborhood uh, i wouldn't advise you putting hardwood floor down um, i would probably put vinyl you know, the, uh, I would probably put the, the sticky vinyls down. They look great and it's, they're scratch resistant. Uh, you want to think about, you know, what's going to be durable, what's going to withstand multiple tenants and multiple years uh, so that you're not always going back trying to uh, fix things. And they're easy to, re easy to replace as well. You can find them in um, Lowe's or Home Depot. So I use them a lot, actually. I love them. Uh, so... Keep in mind, this is a long game. This is not a short game, but if you do it right, you can have, you can have income. I just talked to you, you on your third year, possibly you could have $21,600. That varies obviously based on your situation. And then also you have now properties that you own. You have three properties. Like, so let's just say they all on average are 150, worth 150 grand. So 150 grand times three, now you have $450,000 of property that you own and you can have easily within those three, four or five years, have, you know, 30, 40 a grand of equity in those properties. Like I said, if you do your research and you make sure that you buy properties in the right area uh, that you can have upscale. Uh, one of the areas like, like keep in mind, right? So what I like to do is I like to see what the plan is for a city wherever I invest. So one of the cities I invest in, they are going to build a casino. So that will affect the properties that I own in that area. And for sure, we'll raise the uh, value of my home and which will then raise the, the rent because now that that area will be you know it's going to be up and coming and will provide different types of people coming into that area i will be able to charge instead of 900 probably 1600 within um seven years uh so something to keep in mind uh one last tip as well when it comes to i spoke earlier about refinancing so cool thing about refinancing because you, like I said, you want to, you're going to have to take off that for the VA loans, guys, you're going to have to take off that, uh, that last VA loan to be able to free yourself up. Uh, sometimes like in my situation, I got my, when I did my VA loan and house hacked, it was like at 4.5% interest rate at the time. And then because of the pandemic, um, you know, interest rates went really down, really low. So I was able to save a hundred dollars on my mortgage when I refinanced because I, I took my interest rate from like 3.5 down to like 3.1. So my mortgage went down a hundred dollars. So that was an extra $1,200 a month that I have now in my pocket, not $1,200 a month, $1,200 a year I have now in my pocket a month just from refinancing. So once you kind of scale up a bit and you kind of can look and see your properties, like what, can, uh, what needs to be refinanced because the interest rates are really low, just from refinancing, you are also bringing more cash flow because your rents didn't change. If anything, every year your rent should be going up a little bit. And you just lowered your interest rates, which then lowered your mortgage on a fixed rate. So you're paying less mortgage, you're keeping money, more money in your pocket, and then the rents are going up. Uh, 
be uh, cautious and considerate when it comes to rent increase. Um, I like to do 1.5% uh, a year. Um, I know inflation is 4% every year, but I don't think some people can keep up with that. Uh, go, go based off your market. Um, if your market demands that, cool. I think the average uh, rental income, the average rent increase from my area was like 3%. So if I have a great tenant, I just, I give them a 60 day notice. Hey, you know, rent's going to go at 1.5% doing to, you know, repairs and other expenses going up because things do go up every year. And as a landlord, you have to make sure that stuff is getting covered uh, and just have a natural, uh, a good balance between business and being humane. And I think if you, as long as you have that balance, uh, you can't go wrong.